It's shocking to me how important work is and yet how broken finding the right job can be. Everyone's had a bad experience. Trawling through irrelevant job ads, not knowing the salary, applying and then never hearing back. And for managers, wading through irrelevant applications or sending hundreds of LinkedIn emails, hoping for a response. But it doesn't have to be this way. Otter matches the right people with the right jobs at all the most exciting companies. It was founded to make finding a great job less soul-crushing. I use Otter when I'm hiring at Heights, and honestly, I love it. Candidates simply answer a few questions about what they're looking for, and Otter serves up only relevant jobs that match their skills and preferences. This smart matching means companies receive more relevant applications, helping them find the very best people much faster than before. So, if you're looking for the right job, or you'd like to hire smarter, check out otter.com forward slash secret leaders. That's O-T-T-A dot com forward slash secret leaders. Start thinking, oh my God, you know, I'm not ready for this. And you start doubting yourself so much. And then, yeah, I can say the alcohol becomes what you use to get by. And when it comes to Friday, you just want to forget about everything and just kind of switch off. The only way you know how to, the only kind of method and coping strategy I'd learned over the kind of period of time was to drink to a point of forgetting what's going on. That's Don McGregor, co-founder of Social Chain with Stephen Bartlett, host of the hit podcast Diary of a CEO and A Dragon on the Den. Their business didn't fail, in fact it skyrocketed, but the pressure on Dom was immense and the way he coped left him feeling like he had failed. From Secret Leaders, I'm Dan Murray-Serta and this is How I Failed. We're doing this because we don't talk about failure nearly enough in entrepreneurship, and yet it is the best teacher. Plus, let's be honest, it's far more interesting than success. We've learned a lot from founders sharing their experiences of their businesses going under, but failure comes in many forms, and sometimes it's personal and invisible. Don McGregor was 19 when he started Social Chain with Stephen Bartlett. They both exited the business in 2020 after six years where they grew the company to hundreds of employees with clients like Apple, McDonald's, the BBC and Boohoo. When the company went public in 2019, it was valued at £250 million. It is now predicted to have a valuation of a billion euros by the end of 2023. Now, From the outside, this might seem like a straightforward story of success, but it came at a great cost to Dom. I think the failure comes on the downward journey of alcoholism, um, where many failures happen in um, a very nice linear aspect to get you to that point of rock bottom, um, which I think, you know, a lot of alcoholics experience because it seems to be that one thing after another goes wrong. And then what you do with alcohol, it becomes your medicine. So you turn to it as a kind of coping strategy to cope with your problems. And actually all it does in those situations is actually not not only amplify your problems, but also then add new ones to it. Now, to be clear, alcoholism is not a failure, but Dom does see failure in his story. It all began in his second year of university. It was March 2013 when I first started my first Twitter account. And that was, you know, just, just student problems. It was talking about my life at university. I had every intention to do my exams and go back to university in third year. And uh, it, it blew up to about 50,000 followers in the space of six weeks. So now I'm speaking to 50,000 followers. And that, for me, that was crazy. I was like, you know, I was sat there thinking, oh my God, you know, I was like, how do I make this into something which can, I don't have to pay any rent anymore or, you know, I can get free things. 
so that was in my mindset. And then come that summer, I met Steve, who um, was running Wallpark, which was basically Gumtree for students. He said, look, you know, drop out and come and do this. And I was, I, I always believe opportunities come come across you and you can either take them or leave them. And for me, I weighed up the idea of staying at university and doing Wallpark and, you know, being a freelancer or whatever. I weighed it up saying no, and I weighed it up saying, you know, let's give it a go. The rise of social chain was rapid. Within a year, Dom's life had been transformed. I think it was by the next February, March, you know, we were starting to work with clients like Spotify, Microsoft. Uh, we travelled to Thailand and we were living this kind of like amazing nomadic lifestyle where people were wanting to work with us because we'd grown even more student communities. We started in that August, so a year after kind of leaving the investment conversations. So it had gone from literally, you know, me creating this, student, this Twitter account, talking about my life at university, talking about how expensive cheese is and all that kind of stuff that you realise for the first time, to now having investment conversations. And for me, that, that was like crazy, you know, crazy, crazy world. I remember getting our investment cheque and literally I, I had to take a cheque to NatWest in, in Chiswick from Hammersmith. So I had to walk all the way because I, I thought we could cash it in the NatWest Bank in Hammersmith in Lyric Square, but for, for they, couldn't, they couldn't take it because it wasn't a business bank. So I then had to walk all the way to Chiswick, feeling like I've got like Charlie, Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, kind of the golden ticket, like in my pocket. I was like, I'm scared I'm going to get mugged or something. Like I'm absolutely petrified I'm going to lose this. So it was it was crazy. It was, and that was all in the space of a year's time. Then a, a year later, we're having another investment conversations around kind of significant seven-figure investments from George Koffler, who we eventually raised money from. And we've gone to a team of 30 people working with some of the biggest clients I mentioned previously. And that, that was in 12 months. And, you know, the, the memory, the muscle memory of being a university student was still there. And you had to change, you know, um, so, so quickly to be able to adapt to what's going on. Dom started relying on habits for coping with stress that had worked during university. I started to build this relationship between my emotions and drinking, which at 18, 19 is very, very normal, I believe. And it's very, very manageable because your highs aren't actually that high, your lows aren't that low. You're growing up, you're making mistakes, you're dating bad people, you're dating good people, you're having ups, you're having downs, you're having exams, you're having stresses, and it's very normal. So when you start transferring that kind of behavior pattern into running a business where you've got people responsible for you, uh, you've got clients, you've got employees, you've got staff. I, I remember the first kind of time my my emotions were really stress tested and it wasn't actually due to business, it was actually due to my, my granddad dying. So my granddad died, I think, uh, just before we signed our first investment with Social Chain. And I kind of really didn't deal with that very well because, you know, you've got this entire like emotional um issue at the moment in terms of raising investment and the stress and then you layer on top my first major death in I guess in in my experience and I kind of yeah again went to alcohol to escape and to forget but that was just again forming the habit of me using alcohol as medicating. Social chain was growing but their success didn't help Dom's relationship with alcohol. In those situations there, you know, the alcohol is, is champagne, it's celebrating, it's highlights, it's great stuff, it's new offices, it's new clients, it's, it's amazing time. And that's, again, strengthening this relationship between emotions and alcohol for me. And then you get to the point where, you know, the not, not, not that the tracks come off, but you start to see cracks are forming in the business. You know, you start having to think, maybe that wasn't the right person I hired. That client is not coming back, not renewing for, for certain reasons. The business was at risk of being seriously affected. There were mistakes that were being made constantly in the business. Cash flow was getting tight. We missed VAT and tax payments. Things were going wrong. You know, people were starting to question internally a management. 
I think it never got to the point where there was any major problems, but they were they were going to come, and that was something which I I foresaw. Um, we were in conversations around an M and A acquisition at the time. Someone was looking to buy us. Um, those conversations stalled because I, I was hand, handling them. Uh, they stalled for a number of reasons, but one of the things that kind of I think caused real anxiety is that the fact that we were having an M and A discussions, things were starting to come real. So then we started to look at things like our numbers, which we hadn't done correctly. We started to look at things like cash, actual general profitability of the company. Someone for the first time was asking questions about our business, which we probably didn't have the answers for. And that was kind of something I was dealing with at the time. We had a, a major lawsuit um, around uh, CMA and advertising agency standards, which again was a put on me. Again, people fishing around the business and having to figure some some stuff out. So you know, I was I had so many things to run away from that I managed. I think I managed to protect the business from it as much as I could. But it got to a point where you know there was going to be there was going to come to a crux where if I didn't deal with what I was dealing with, then I, I wasn't going to be able to, to do my role in the future. It all came to a head after a heavy night of drinking. I knew inside of me that something wasn't right, but I never talked about it, I never addressed it. And I think it was when the last day I drank, you know, I did some unforgivable things that, that night, that day, um, said some horrible things to people I really cared about, acted completely unrationally, you know, complete, like, I just can't comprehend that me, sober Dom, would ever do that. Because Soberdon was always the same person. He was a lovely, kind, nice person. But what we what we created was this drunk Don, which, you know, this kind of version of me, which would go out there and ruin, ruin my life. You know, I remember the last person I texted when I was drunk was the person who was looking at buying that company. You know, it put damage to the business, upset people. And these two people were so polar, like, opposites that people couldn't believe they were the same thing. So um, it was the kind of that point when I was at a situation where I was like, this is too much, you know, that this isn't me, this isn't this isn't who I want to be. And the only thing I can say is that I don't know what's going on. You know, and that's what I said. I said, I said, I don't know why, but I think I think something's wrong. So um one of the girls in the team had done psychology at university and said you need to go see a therapist. My opinion of a therapist was, you know, someone who was designed for people who needed rubber wells. So I was very much kind of primitive in my mindset when it came to what actually is a therapist. And that Monday, so, you know, the, the event happened on a Saturday. Sunday kind of was the time I admitted everything was wrong. Monday was the first time the, the therapist could see me. So, you know, I, I had to go two days of survival mode to, before I could sit down with someone and talk, and those were very difficult days. So I went to go and see the therapist for the first time, just basically sat there for the first 50 minutes of the hour just talking about me and my life. And he just sat there listening and just basically said that, you know, these are what I think you're, you're dealing with. Um, and the minute someone said, this is what I think you've got, I went, oh, is that okay? You know, now I know what I've got. Now I feel, you know, I'm feeling anxious. You know, you've got a bit of depression and you've got imposter syndrome, all of these things we can address. And this is how we're going to address them. And I think I'm a very matter of fact individual. And if someone can tell me that that's the case, then I'll be like, okay, these are the steps we need to go through. This was the start of Dom's journey of now over six years sober. I'll never forget the first weekend where I didn't drink. I woke up and I felt absolutely terrible. I felt like I'd been out. Um, and, and I said that to him the next week. I was like, why do I feel like that? He went, your body is so used to it. Your body is so used to alcohol that it knows that, you know, Saturday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, you're just going to get hammered. So it actually, it start, the cells start to respond by expecting that. And it'll take you a month to get over that situation. 
So I felt worse than I ever felt on a hangover because your body's starting to have the, the cravings and the needs and the addictions. And that was the whole that had come out within me. I think it was a combination of just taking every single day at a time, having someone alongside you, be it, you know, support network, my girlfriend at the time, she was amazing. Business partners, friends, they all understood what was going on because they had seen the change from me. And that really helped. And combine that with avoidance and then starting to find things you actually enjoy doing. You know, I remember being, being thinking, okay, I'm, 23 years old, I'm not going to drink anymore. And my initial response was like, what the hell am I going to do? But that was also the fact that I created this life which revolves around alcohol. I didn't realize it was anything else. So for me, it was a case of having to kind of completely A, rewire my brain, but B, completely rewire my life and look at other things and find enjoyment in other areas, which um, I did. Dom now speaks openly about the dangers of a toxic relationship with alcohol and the coping mechanisms we can create when under pressure or dealing with mental health issues. That feeling of self-doubt exists within every single person. And I think that as a founder, someone who sat there in that situation right now, you will be doubting yourself. And that is very, very important because you will be looking at things. You'll be trying to make things better. You'll be trying to improve yourself. And I think that what you can really do is turn that self-doubt into a superpower and turn it into something where, okay, you are going to be your biggest critic, which means that you can take feedback from other people very, very well. So as long as you can handle your own emotions and you can handle yourself, what other people say to you, you can deal with it and move through it and actually use it as kind of valuable information. Um, and as long, as long as you remain your biggest critic, that's actually very powerful because you'll always look to improve yourself, your business, your relationships, your health, your well-being, And it kind of really drives that kind of self-improvement mindset. So I think it, in a sense that, it, you know, anxiety, depression, mental health issues, they're all, they all exist. We all have kind of all these levels of things like that's on within, within us. Um, it's understanding you as a person and how you can utilize your weaknesses. So from like me for drinking, drinking was my biggest weakness and now it's actually my biggest strength. And try and improve yourself through things that you hate and dislike about yourself. Don McGregor, co-founder of Social Chain. As regular listeners know, I'm very open about my battles with mental health. I think it's really important we keep talking about our experiences. So I want to thank Dom for being so open and honest. Drinkline is the UK's national alcohol helpline. If you're worried about your own or someone else's drinking, you can call their free helpline in complete confidence. There's a link to the number in the show notes today. I've been your host, Dan Murray-Serta, and you've been listening to our Bite Size series dedicated to failure. If you enjoyed today's episode, please hit follow or subscribe wherever you listen to your podcast. It takes you one second. It makes an enormous difference to us. Thank you so much. See you next time. Here at Mindset Win, we want to give you the tools to become better at what you do. Taking inspiration and wisdom from our guests, we will hear stories, strategies, tips and tricks. Told by leading names in sport and beyond. Who know what it takes to get to the very top. There will be two episodes each week packed with amazing stories and practical takeaways for us all to follow. Search for Mindset Win on YouTube and on your favorite podcast app.